All right, the vacation is over, and I just took delivery of Oktoberfest. That is the game I could not wait to tell you guys. No, I'm joking. I didn't get an Oktoberfest. Come on. You know me. You know this podcast. All right, so the vacation is over. Two weeks off of pinball podcasting. I'll talk a little bit about what it's like to be away from thinking about the pinball hobby. And then we're going to do what I know you've been waiting for. We're going to go down and we're going to talk about the different manufacturers. And we're going to talk about any, if all, of the news that has happened in the pinball world uh, since my self-imposed hiatus. Now, I did wish that everyone else would take a break because you need it. I've been trying to listen to the other shows and there's not much. There's not much. But there's always something new to talk about on Canada's Pinball Podcast. So, what was it like? turning off the pinball world for a couple of weeks. Here's the thing. When you travel the world and you go to other places, the one conversation that never comes up unless you're traveling with Rotor Dave like handcuffed to your ankle, the one conversation that never comes up is pinball. You, people don't talk about it socially. You're, it doesn't find you, right? You have to find it. And I also noticed that if you just turn off Pinside and you stop reading that site, uh, after like a few days and you stop going on Facebook and you stop, you know, because think about it like this. If you don't go to Pinside and you don't read Facebook because Facebook is probably feeding you all of your different pinball friends' content on a daily basis. If you just turn those two things off, there's a good chance after a few days you stop thinking about it. You stop caring about it. You stop wondering what's going on because you realize very quickly that no one in the world really cares that a pinball playfield might be having some chipping issues. No one really cares that the Munster's code is shallow. I mean, you could walk up to anybody, anybody in an entire city, and if you said, what are your thoughts on the Munster's pinball code? They would look at you like, you, you, <laughs> like you're insane. Uh, so it was nice. It was refreshing. And I needed it. I really needed just to take a break, to get refreshed, to get, you know, to get remotivated. Because I think what's happened in the past, if you followed this show, is if you just feel the need to keep doing the podcast every single week or every, you know, and, and you get into this like routine, you you're you just you just start to make it to make it. Not because you want to make it, because you feel like you have to make it. So here we are back. What I want to talk about? What's been going on? And we know that not a lot has been going on, but I want to start with Jersey Jack Pinball. Because if you look at the threads that are being talked about the most, it's this tug of war between Pirates of the Caribbean owners and Willy Wonka on the line. Now, here's the thing I want to talk about first is Willy Wonka on the line. Is it or is it not? on the line. Now, that is not a trick question. That is not a question where there's any area for debate, right? It either is or is not on the line. Now, what I think is ridiculous is that we have to speculate on whether something like that is actually happening. And I'm here to tell you that I don't think it is on the line. It's really easy to take a picture of it being on the line. Now, We've talked a lot about Willy Wonka. If you follow this show, you followed my ups and downs of, of where I feel I'm on this game. Uh, and we, you know, we hyped the game when we first saw it. But I want to go back. You know me. I love to go back and I love to hold people accountable for what they say. And I think the words that come out of a pinball manufacturer's mouth 
uh, you know, they, they're important because they know better than we do what is actually happening with their company. And also the manufacturer's comments, those comments, uh, you know, will dictate how a lot of you will behave. So if someone tells you this game's coming out in June uh, and it's April, then you might not buy another game because you might wait for it, right? Or vice versa, like you might say, hey, like, I'm just gonna wait longer. I don't want a game that soon, and but I have a sense of when the game is coming out. Now, I don't know why, for the life of me, pinball release schedules are all over the map. We, we, you know this, you've been in this hobby for years. There's only one manufacturer on planet Earth that gets it right, and that's Stern Pinball. They know that the game will ship is already on the line by the time they reveal the game. See, that's just like the smart way to do it. They're not guessing on whether or not parts will be in, whether or not like the line will be moving. They don't even talk about it until games are in boxes heading over to Europe. And they do a really good job of, of, of doing that time and time again. Now, look, Jersey Jack Pinball, when it comes to revealing a game and shipping it, it's been all over the place, right? It's been all over the map. You know, we started out with Waz and Hobbit. Those games were delayed for years. Then we got Dialed In, which was much better, right? Dialed In shipped within six months of reveal, but still six months, a long time to wait. Then Pirates of the Caribbean was an absolute disaster. Uh, an entire year went by before games went in boxes, mechanisms were removed. But Willy Wonka, right? Jack said, I will not reveal a game until it is on the line and customers will get it uh, within a month or so, right? I think that's what he was saying, all right? But you know what? Let's go back and let's actually listen to what Jack told uh, myself and Special When Lit Podcast when we interviewed him. And remember the date. It was around April 9th, like early April. We asked him, when do you think Willy Wonka will be on the line and customers will get them? And I want to air uh, first what he told Special When Lit right now. The length of time to wait is very short. Um, I would say, I like to pin a date. I would say games are in people's hands uh, by July 4th, uh, sooner than July 4th. Um, so if I had to pick a holiday that's a favorite holiday, I would pick that holiday. As we're talking about this and it's Friday, the assembly line and parts and things like that, all the uh, storyboards and things to convert the line, uh, all of that stuff is happening. All right. And here is what Jersey Jack told me when I interviewed him. And he's a little bit more pointed on when the line would be up and running. Now, remember, this is all happening around April 9th. And this is when he said the line would be up and running. How long do you expect in sort of like a ballpark, if someone loves this game and wants to have it, how long until that game is on the line? Well, the game will be on the line in two weeks. Um, the line is being changed over. You know, you saw the line stop. I almost want to stop you at the Andrew Highway two weeks. I can already hear. So two weeks from. So, so we're talking two weeks like from next end week. of April. Right. Okay. Right. right. So, you know, ish. Everybody tells me the ish, but yeah. I don't have to use right. ish right. that much anymore. All right. Well, you know, the infamous two weeks comes back to once again haunt every pinball manufacturer. Now, if you look at the timeline there. Jack was saying when I talked to him that the game would be on the line by the end of April, which means customers would be getting their games 
absolutely by July 4th, and he was even hopeful that games would be in customer hands before July 4th. And I think it's safe to say right now that customers will not be getting their Willy Wonkas by the 4th of July. All right, so Independence Day will come and go without the game uh, in people's hands. So then it begs the question, a question we ask on this show all the time, why did they reveal it when they did? Why did they need to get the game to the Midwest Gaming Classic and show the world the game if they knew they could not get the game on the line quick enough to satiate people's demand for the game? And if you're following the thread right now and you're following Willy Wonka, I think it's pretty safe to say that hype on this game continues to decline each week. And we know that what Jack needs is to hit the hype window at the right time. And I don't understand. I, I'm almost at the point where I just give up trying to understand who is making these decisions. And it's quite clear who is making the decisions. I don't even understand why people think that Jack is making these decisions. The decisions being made at the company level are most likely coming from the investors. I mean, Jack has lost a lot of control of the company when it comes to the decisions on when to reveal. Because you have to ask yourself, after being in business now for seven plus years, how are they still fumbling the reveal windows of these games? How hard is it to do it the way they did it with Yellow Brick Road? Those games were on the line when Jack revealed Yellow Brick Road at the Texas Pinball Festival, okay? there was, And he knew that if you wanted one, you could have one in just a few weeks, and people are getting them when they were promised them. Now, how do you then now drum up hype all over again for Wonka? I don't know if you can do it. Now, the other big part is this, and this is the main reason why, again, I think they revealed it too early, and I've yet to see, and I was hoping I'd see this over the like last few weeks, I've yet to see the code and Willy Wonka show me something that is like, wow. Like they're listening to all the feedback about the lack of assets and video clips uh, and the way the theme is integrated in that game. And I think people are starting to see now too, you know, the the, the, the certain slot machines and, and um you know, they're out there, are using the same exact assets as the pinball machine. So this seems like this is a theme in which maybe their hands were tied again, uh, just like they were in, in certain ways with Pirates, just like, you know, maybe they're going to be tied with Toy Story. But now Jack's in this weird place, and this is where they're stuck, is the conversation now is all about you've got the Pirates of the Caribbean owners that are seemingly in love with their game and trying to figure out if they're going to make more Pirates games because it's so great. And then you've got Willy Wonka that's sort of like already been out there for a few months. People aren't really blown away yet by it. And now you have the conversation being about are they going to make more Pirates? Should I wait for Guns N' Roses? And I just saw a thread yesterday, Toy Story from Jersey Jack Pinball is going to be my first new inbox. And this is where this company, from a marketing standpoint and just a strategy standpoint, is all over the place. They don't know how to keep the customers and the buyers, foc buyers, buyers focused on the game that they want you to buy today. They've got people all over the place, and that's a problem. 
and they need to figure out how to do what Stern does so well, which is create a hype window and have everyone trying to climb through that window when the games become available. I mean, that is what Stern does so well. They say we're only going to make like five or 600 LEs of this game, and they've got like 800 people trying to climb through that hype window. And the people who get it, they feel like they got it. Man, I got it. I don't have a fear of missing out because I'm in on the LE. And they do it time and time again. And what does Jack do? He's not selling a single collector's edition if he's going to push them to the fall. Let me tell you who's going to buy collector's editions come the fall. Like no, like nobody. I, I mean, again, I went from being like, I think he would have sold all 500 if the collector's editions were the first 500 Wonkas on the line. Yes, I think he would have sold every one. But you're going to make people wait to the fall. And by that time, we all know you're going to see Guns N' Roses and then maybe another rerun of Pirates, and it just becomes a little bit of a cluster. And, and, I'm, and I don't think he's the kind of company that can do that because he's not Stern. He can't have eight games like on the line at one time. He doesn't have the capabilities to do what Stern does. That's okay, but he needs to make sure uh, that he captures as many buyers as he can when it's the right time. And I think he's failing at that right now. Okay. Now, I want you to email me at canadapinball at gmail.com and tell me if you think Wonka is going to be able to do a little bit of a Mia Copa and get the code where it needs to be to re excite people to this title. But right now, man, it's feeling like Wonka is sliding back into like the, yeah, I'll, I'll wait and see, right? The wait and see period. And that's not where he needs to be on a game like this. He needed to get people like excited beyond belief uh, during the launch of the game. And it begs the question, why they show it so early? And I think the investors made him do it. And I think they did not expect Pirates of the Caribbean to be off the line after just 1,000 being made. Uh, the other question being, are they going to make more Pirates of the Caribbean games? Uh, the answer is, I don't know. Uh, it comes down to this. And this is the truth. They need to order parts for Pirates of the Caribbean six months out from when they want to make it. So if you expect to see Pirates of the Caribbean uh, within the next six months, they need to order the parts now. Um, and we'll see if they do that. It's hard for them because I, I, I don't think they really have a plan. Like they didn't plan the Pirates launch to be so poorly done. They didn't plan to have, I, I, think, I think Toy Story was supposed to be now. And they had to go back because of the asset issue. Uh, I don't think I don't think all of I don't think any of this is going according to their plan, and I think that's why we're seeing it feel like such a hodgepodge strategy right now from Jersey Jack. Now, look, I hope they figure it out. I hope they get the Wonka code to where it needs to be. As I said, I'm still in on the game, uh, but if the code stays kind of where it's at, I could see myself. Eh, I'll wait for something. Else. I just I don't know. I just want a little bit better theme integration than that on the game. All right, let's go on. What do you think? I mean, I don't know, right? We kind of had this conversation, but I just wanted you to hear that, you know, they said this game would be on the line a while ago, and it's not. All right, so what else is going on? What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about Stern Pinball. So what's the news over at Stern? We still don't know what the next title is. The speculation is all Jurassic World. We'll see if that is correct. Um, I did see that there's some cool images that Zombietti shared with what the initial concepts were for Ghostbusters. I think everyone agrees that uh, the game ended up looking a lot better than the initial concepts. Only the Slimer one was the one that looked similar to what made it on the game. 
Uh, the other one was just like this basic Ghostbusters logo. So I think they did a really good job uh, evolving what the concepts were for Ghostbusters. Uh, Munsters continues to be a game in which I think the owners are enjoying it. And I think the haters are hating on it. And I think that's that. I, the one thing I can't understand is how people who buy the game don't understand what the zap button does. If that doesn't go to show you how newbies buy these games, then what else? I don't know what else would. You don't even understand what the lockdown bar button does. I mean, it's pretty simple what it does. It, it cancels the jackpot, I think. I don't see. I don't even know what it does. <laughs> Why is it so hard to figure out what the damn button on the lockdown bar does? Thank you, Stern, for making it always so interestingly complex at times. All right. Black Knight, Sword of Rage. Is it selling? Is it not? Who knows? We'll never know. They'll never release the figures on the game. Uh, I've heard some complaints from people that the code is too difficult, that you have to complete all three levels of a mode before you are awarded that mode, and that is really challenging, and they need to change that. Well, I wouldn't be surprised that this game is a little too difficult. Uh, if you think about who's made this game and who's coding this game, uh, they're, they're like really, really good players and they're tournament players. And I think this game is made to be a challenging game for tournament players. I, I think, if, and, and I'm not surprised because of the origins of, of the title, right? Uh, it's, it's not selling well. We know that. People are, are, are starting to dump LEs for what, like 8,200, 8,100. I think you're going to continue to see prices sink so much faster and sink so much harder than ever before. There, there, there's just too many games, and if people don't want the LE and there's new inbox LEs sitting everywhere, there's just no way people are going to recover their money the way they used to. Uh, but you know, ultimately, you know, again, when I was stepping away from this podcast, I kept thinking too, like, well, who really cares? Like, just, just buy a game you enjoy. You don't have to go online and justify your purchase. You don't have to listen to me tell you whether I think it's good or not. Like, is it the kind of game you want? Cool. Get it. Is it not? Cool. Don't get it. Uh, you know, the fact that we feel like we have to vocalize it every week and every day, it's exhausting. Guys, it's, it, it's going to chip away at your health, both mentally and physically. Uh, I did see something else about Black Knight that on the new code update, there's, there's all this like new call outs and humor. And some people were saying like it's corny and they, they wish they didn't do that. Uh, I, I actually tend to like games with more personality and funny callouts. And yes, the humor will might, will get old over time, but I prefer to have it than to have no humor and personality in a game. So yeah, so what else is going on at Stern? So Christopher Franchi is now, so here's the thing about Franchi. He has something happen, like wake up one day and all of a sudden like he like unfriends all these people on Facebook. I mean, I was one of them, like all of a sudden. Like, you were friends with him, now you're not. And then he also put out a statement saying something along the lines of like, you know, he's going to focus on doing pinball art, but he's not going to do the podcast. And he's going to stop doing the segments on Slap Save, and he's going to stop, uh, I guess we're never going to get the forever in the making, you know, super duper greatest awesome American pinball show, you know, Beyond Light Years, whatever it was called. Like, him and, and Ed Vanderveen were going to do a show together. Uh, and that was promised almost a year ago. Uh, no, no episodes materialized. But look, Chris is super talented when it comes to producing pinball podcast segments. I mean, his segments 
um, were were awesome. I mean, they they were like over the top produced. I, I was I was super envious and jealous of the production value. But I I, I don't have time to do that. I mean, it's funny because he's like, I don't have time. And then it's like, but dude, you, you don't have time because you're, the stuff you're doing takes so much time. Just just talk. It doesn't take a lot of time to talk into a mic. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's what I think is happening, and I'm 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 speculating here. I'm speculating. This is pure speculation. Uh, I, I think what happened is this. He was kind of out at Stern, and I don't, I, you know, and I think they he he sort of felt that, and he was he you know he's a freelancer, so he could go anywhere. I think he started to talk to other manufacturers. I think he had some stuff starting to line up. But here's what I think is going on. You think here's where I think you're going to see the next Christopher Franchi art package. You're going to see it at Stern Pinball. And the reason why I know this is uh, George Gomez reached out to him, and I think they want to work it out. I don't think Gomez wants to see Christopher Franchi leave Stern. I think Christopher Franchi artwork is incredible, and I think it, it it works in pinball perfectly. And I think Stern would be silly to lose him, right? Like Elvira 3. Have you seen his work on Elvira 3? But he's not doing that. Like the artist that did the other Elvira games is doing it, which is not going to be as good as Franchi doing it. It's just not. Like... I just always think it's silly when it's like they go back to the guy who did the old games. Is it Greg Ferris? I don't even know. I'm not even going to fact check it. But Franchi like, can run circles around these guys, I think, with, with what he puts down on a pinball machine. And I think George realizes that. And I think George sees that you know this guy has a lot to offer. But he's one big liability if he keeps talking all the time. And keeps sharing stuff and keeps like speaking about the hobby and speaking about sexism and pinball or women being offended by his his artwork. Like none of that is good for Stern. So I think what happened was this. I think George said, hey, come back. Let's do this. Like we want you. But in order to do it, you need to just like shut up like and stop talking all the time and stop being outspoken. Like you need to get on the team and not... You know, it's not like it's, it's not like he's telling him don't be you, but you can't have it both ways. You know, I want to do a podcast about public relations because I work in it every day and I work for one of the biggest companies in the world. I don't do it uh, mainly because nobody would want to listen to that podcast, but also because I know I'd want to say stuff that I that that I felt strongly about. But if I said those things, it might hurt my relationship with my employer because it might not reflect where they are at and they're paying me. They're paying me all that money to be a reflection of them. And that's the reality of the employer-employee relationship. And I think Chris is a little bit of like a wild gun who just wants to be out there. But if you want work in pinball and you want consistent work in pinball, the company you want to work for is Stern Pinball. I mean, and and an artist needs gigs. Because as Chris was reaching to a point where, you know, he might not have any pinball art to do for like six months, eight months. And, he, you know, he's prolific. He wants to keep doing stuff. And I think it's far more valuable for him to do the artwork and talk about that and talk about the process of that than fall into, like, doing stuff like what I'm doing and becoming a pinball personality or commentator. Because, Chris, here's the thing. I make no money doing this. And you can make a pretty good living being one of the heralded pinball artists that are out there. So I think that's what happened. Now, we probably won't hear a response because he's done, which is good. It's good. It's good for him to put his head down and focus on the art and not get caught up in all the stupid pinball drama on the podcast front. It's not worth it. It's Trust me, it's not worth it. All right. Anything else going on at Stern? Uh, we've got Elvira 3 confirmed. No, we're just waiting. We're waiting to see what happens. I think what we'll see will happen in July. 
Always an exciting time. I think the big excitement is, is it going to be a Brian Eddy game or a Keith Elwin game? I think it's going to come from one of those two people. I still have my fingers crossed that it's just like Jaws and they've been fooling all of us for all all this, all these months. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. American Pinball Oktoberfest games are going out. I just saw a picture of a truck loaded. I mean, it was loaded. Like games were stacked like Tetris pieces in there uh, going out the door to people. Now, I want to say this. That's Good news. We always will celebrate when a manufacturer gets a game in a box and gets it to customers. If you want a pinball experience, uh, Oktoberfest is an option you have. And here's the great news. It's an option you can go buy today. It's a company that is trying to figure its way in the pinball marketplace. It's a company here that's very transparent and very communicative with its owners, which I think is great. This is not a company that won't respond to you. It's not a company that is afraid of the forums. Uh, It's a company that I think is a game or two away from realizing its greatest potential. Uh, I think they need to hire an artist like like yesteryears and they'd be in so much better position. They need to figure out the screen and the art. Uh, But that being said, they give you a lot for the money. There's no denying that you're not getting a lot for the money in Oktoberfest. It's also a different experience. So if you want something that's not the typical cookie cookie cutter stern approach or the Jersey Jack game that's going to be breaking down on you every two hours, uh, then I would take a look at this title. All right. So we'll see. We'll see what's next from American Pinball. They also shared a picture of their new facility and it's huge. I mean, these guys are ramping up to become a, a much larger player in the pinball space. Now, what I think they need to do along with the bigger warehouse and bigger facilities, they need to increase their team. It just can't be the same team of Josh, Joe, like same artists on every game. I, 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 I think that's a mistake. I think within companies, you get better products when you have, you know, multiple teams working on the, you know, assignments because you get a little bit of like the healthy competition. But right now, I just think it's, it's all like one or two guys' visions driving everything. And I don't think Dovel or Nermal have like a vision for pinball. I don't. I think, remember, they hired John Papaduke. So enough said there, right? But we'll see what's coming next from them. Uh, those five titles that were rumored to be their next titles, I don't think they're setting people's like expectations on fire. Uh, but man, they've got the space to do it. So interesting, interesting. You know, I think it, like American pinball should like buy Spooky and move it all together. What about that, right? Will will we see, and that's an interesting question, will we see ever a merger of some of these smaller companies uh, to share some of the cost of development? And wouldn't that be interesting if we had, you know, American pinball, you know, Spooky's American Spooky pinball, or like, I'm trying to think of a way to like combine the companies that would make sense. You know, like when major companies, it'll be like Dr. Pepple Snapple Group or this or that, you know? So what, how, how would a company merger work? Like which companies could merge? Uh, I definitely could see Spooky merger, mergering, merging. I can't talk right now today. I'm jet lagged. Sorry. I could see Spooky merge with American pinball. I could see Chicago gaming company merge with uh, American Pinball. I, I could see everyone. I, a Jersey Jack doesn't seem to make sense to merge with anyone. I, I think Jersey Jack just needs to keep doing their thing. Uh, obviously, Deep Root's not going to merge with anybody. But I could see like a Chicago gaming spooky pinball company, you know, or American Pinball and, you know, American spooky pinball company. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But the problem with the spooky, it's like so like, it's so literally like, like horror movie, like, you know, spooky themed stuff. Like it doesn't, it doesn't connect well. 
uh, American Pinball, Chicago Gaming and American Pinball, American Chicago Pinball. I don't know. This is this is probably the worst 45 seconds or a minute and a half of this pinball podcast you've ever had to endure. But here's the good part. I'm not going to delete it. You have to suffer through it the way I had to suffer through articulating this part of the pinball podcast. All right. So who else is out there? Cosmic Carnival. Cosmic Carnival is on the line and we see the photos and I think they have the ability to make 10 games a week with the ability to make 20. They have the space to do that. The game is on the line. There's a deep dive into Cosmic Carnival on This Week in Pinball. If you're interested in that game, I would go check it out. You know my feelings on the game. It's it's pretty as can be. I haven't really played the new version of it, so I look forward to jumping on it. Uh, I think it's stiff competition. Uh, but again, I think these games are meant to give someone who wants something different. And that is what Cosmic Carnival is going for. If you don't want another Stern Pro, have a look at this. Uh, it's a work of art, no doubt about it. It is a work of art. The color palette is a little too similar to Aerosmith for me. Uh, I think Dirty Donnie should explore different color themes because it's just like they, they look too close to each other. That's my opinion. Uh, but the detail's amazing. Uh, and the game itself, you know, let's see. Let's see. It doesn't seem like there's too much in the game, uh, but it seems to be more of a, a simpler approach to gameplay with a lot of artwork and music and other stuff to sort of carry the, the, the experience of that game. All right, so what else is going on? Who am I missing here? Spooky Pinball. Uh, Alice Coopers are going out. Alice Coopers are going out. They're going to be done by the end of the year. I keep reading nothing but good stuff about the game. And it's going to, you know, will we see Scott Denise's next game at Expo? So that's going to be interesting. Like, what is next from Spooky Pinball? Uh, I think they'll sell all 500 Alice Cooper Nightmare Castles. Uh, and again, I think, you know, once again, Spooky is just always doing its thing. We're not talking about them that much. And that's always a good thing because it just means like business is going as usual. Uh, you know, but they've got the same movie in the theater playing every week for a year. So, you know, there comes a time when you're like, all right, like I've seen that movie before. Like I don't, you know, there's not as much variety as from some of the other manufacturers. All right, what else is going on? Uh, Godzilla. Is Godzilla coming out? Godzilla? I saw the new Godzilla movie. I was like, eh, all right, all right. It's just okay. You know, not the best, not the worst. Uh, what else? I'm, I'm going to open up Pinside and go down the manufacturer list. This, you know, sometimes I forget. Forget who's in this. We go to the forum. Let's see. We've covered Stern. We've covered Jersey Jack. We've covered American. We've covered Spooky. Oh, Chicago Gaming. People are still waiting for their Ellie's of Monster Bash remake. Here's the next game from them. And this is like 100% confirmed. You're going to hear it right now. It's it's Cactus Canyon. No big surprise. It's Cactus Canyon. I think they're... Here's the news, though. I believe they're working with the original coder of the game to sort of improve the code in the game. Not that the code... The code is not as lacking as people say it is. It just was never fully finished. Um, but I, they're not working with the guy who made the Cactus Canyon continued. They're working with the original coder. So expect this game to have a more polished and deeper version of the code. But Cactus Canyon will be next um, from Chicago Gaming Company. All right, Dutch Pinball. Uh, Big Lebowski's. Yeah, no, nothing there. Uh, Andrew Highway and a Highway Pinball. And is Alien coming back out? Still have not seen that. Iceman lost his bet to crazy levy and paid him his bottle of whiskey or whatever the bet was uh you know i think it's at the point now where like I, talking about those two companies just is such a downer it's just like let's just let them die 
They're, 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 it's never happening. Um, all right, what else is going on? Multimorphic. Uh, you know, we interviewed Jerry recently. I think it all comes down to the fact of whether or not he has a title that eventually shows us the way it can work to the best of its potential. Uh, but nothing new there. And I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. We we talked about Tommy stepping down from Nitro. Uh, I was surprised to see that a lot of other pinball podcasts did not cover that story. And I think I'll just end on that note. I know it wasn't what we all want to talk about, but my God, I mean, something like that can't happen in our community and we just let it go. And I do think it was an important thing to talk about. There, There's a reason why I did a whole show to Aaron. Uh, but you know we shouldn't let that kind of behavior get a pass. And and when you have a you know you have a pinball podcast and something like that happens in the community, I, I do think we have a responsibility uh, to talk about the good and the bad. And when things like that happen, I do think we have a responsibility uh, to discuss it. And and because it's not just that incident, there 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 is a lot of sexism in this hobby, and there's a lot of things that go on. That need to be called out. I mean, one of the ones, and I need to do an episode on this because I need to read up on it. Is uh, there was people collecting money, saying it was going to go to charity and to, to autism help, and then they weren't donating the money to that, and they were just taking the money and using it for whatever, for just for their pinball purposes. I need to I need to get more info on that, and that's been going on too, where people are getting hoodwinked, thinking that their money is going to a good cause. And yet these pinball people are swindling people and using like to, to exploit people in need for some nefarious pinball reason, I just think is terrible. And we're gonna we're gonna get more information on that, but that's gonna be coming up on, on a future episode of this show. All right, let me let me read some emails, then I'm gonna call it a day. How's that sound? All right, we're back. Am I rusty? I mean I've I've, I've enunciated some words horribly wrong, which happens all the time. Uh, but I think it's a decent show, no? <laughs> Between one and ten, what do you think? All right, I'm opening up Pinball at gmail.com. Let's do this. Oh, let me tell you something. The south of France, they know how to live. They have dinner at like 10 o'clock at night. And it's not just like any dinner. It's like amazing dinner. Uh, the seafood is incredible. What is this? Oh, all right, done. I'm getting like locked out of my account. Man. Who wants to break into CanadaPinball at gmail.com? You're going to find a lot of valuable information in there. All right, let's do this. I got an email um, from Justice. Justice was just talking about Patreon and how he lowered his donation just a little bit. Like, Justice, it's cool, man. I mean, look, anyone who donates to my Patreon account, I, I, I'm super thankful. I love you guys for doing it. It's Patreon backslash CanadaPinball. Um, I, like, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not asking anyone, give what you can. And give whatever you know makes you feel happy. Give within your means. Um, but I just want to let everyone know who donates. I super appreciate it. And look, if something happens in life or you just want to pull back your donation, that's fine. Like I will never take it personally. I will never think any less of you. I will. I will always be very thankful for all of you who have donated uh, to the show. All right, I got an email from Dan Donald slashes pinball for sale. So on Pinside, let's see how much they want for this. So I think Slash had an auction recently, and his pinball machines were up for sale. Let's see how much. Slash's Simpsons Pinball Party and Wizard of Oz Emerald City. I had them for sale. I don't, you know what? I've seen this before. Like, I don't think Slash's games are worth anything more than what the value of those games are worth. Um, 
you know, it's like what I own Slash's Simpsons Pinball Party. No, what I hope they make is a Slash limited edition uh, that has some special stuff on it for Jersey Jack's new GNR game. All right, I got an email from Paul uh, Malinari. He says, hey there, Chris. I'm a big fan of your podcast and listen to you on my way to work when a new podcast airs. Hope you're enjoying your vacation and time away from the podcast. I'm still fairly new to pinball collecting, and I'm looking to add to my current game room lineup. I was writing to see if you'd be able to offer some insight on the purchase of my second pinball machine. I currently own a Mustang Pro Edition pinball machine that I bought three years ago from a Pinside member at a very fair and reasonable price and enjoy playing it along with my friends. Well, first of all, Paul, I mean, God bless you. Mustang is probably one of the last games I would recommend to be the first pinball experience. Uh, it's a decent shooter, but man, the theme, the theme is just like, uh. anyway, he says, I have my eyes set on Stern's Indiana Jones pinball machine. Oh no. Since I started playing it a few years back at some of the local arcades near me, a lot of the machines that I have found for sale were pretty beat up and looked as though they required an extensive overhaul and restoration. Over the last few months, I've come across ads for Stern Indiana Jones machines on eBay and Pinside that were in very good condition with minimal playfield wear, slightly dirty, and some minor defect to the cabinets. However, due to the growing popularity of pinball again, the prices were significantly inflated to the same price of a brand new in-box machine currently in production from a manufacturer. In your opinion and experience, what would be a reasonable price for Stern Indiana Jones in a very good condition? I appreciate any help you could give and greatly looking forward to your response. Furthermore, I look forward to listening to your upcoming podcast. Okay, Paul M. So Paul, here's the deal. Do not get a Stern Indiana Jones pinball machine. I don't even want to give you a price on it. I, I don't. I don't even want you to go down that road. There are so many better games out there uh, than Stern's Indiana Jones game. And here's why I'm saying this. And I'm saying this because I, I love you, Paul, for listening to the show. And it sounds like you're new to the hobby. There are so many better games. So many better games than that game. And what I would recommend doing is this. It sounds like if you're looking at that game, your budget is somewhere between maybe three and $4,000. And what I would recommend is doing this. I would recommend going on Pinside and clicking on the top 100 games. Because, look, this is not the perfect list. But it is a good aggregate of how good a game is. Because there are so many reviews. And read the reviews. But I would pick a game that is good if not great and i think you can get a great pinball game for three to four thousand dollars you just have to look right and if can and if mint condition isn't that important to you i think you'll find a lot of options out there uh that that could be really good i mean if you want a stern yeah you know, i think you could find you know a good condition lord of the rings for maybe uh maybe you may pay a little bit more but like a routed one for maybe four thousand dollars but there are definitely like pro versions of like Iron Maiden available, Metallica, ACDC, Star Trek, all much, much better games. Uh, Deadpool Pro. I mean, if again, if you were willing to pay a little bit more, I would go in on those games. Uh, and again, because I just think that Stern Indiana Jones, it sounds like you just enjoy playing the pinball, which is great. I mean, you've got a Mustang and, and an Indiana Jones on, on your mind. But here's what I would do if I were you. I would like, I would, instead of two machines, I would sell the Mustang, 
even if you're loving it, and I would like pool your money and just get like one really good machine that's perfect for the home use environment. And again, like I think there's a lot of games like the ones I just mentioned uh, that would satiate uh, what you're looking for. All right, so that's my advice. I would not, e I'm not even gonna give you a price on Indiana Jones. All right, let's see if I get any more emails. I've been away for a while. I got an email from Deep Root, but I'm not gonna share that because Robert and I, we sometimes just have conversations. All right, I got an email from David, David Richard Paz Jr. He said, never fear, K-Man. It was one of your dedicated listeners who got the sword from George Gomez, the katana, the Deadpool katana, and that was him. Uh, enjoy your break and safe travels. Well, David, you are lucky, man. That thing is awesome. I would throw it up on eBay tomorrow. No, I'm joking. It's cool. Like, you know, more and more of these manufacturers should give mementos and Easter eggs to their buyers. And I think it, it does so much goodwill with the community when you do that. All right. All right. Got an email from Kyle D. The state of JJP he says, I'm interested on your take of JJP's current inventory and sales situation. I bought a used Waz six months ago, fell in love with it, and now I'm in the market for a new inbox JJP to add to my collection. But apparently, I really have almost no options. He writes Waz. On JJP's website, it's sold out. All right, well, you already have a Waz. And also, the Yellow Brick Roads are available. And also, there are I think there's still like Waz's available inbox that distributors have. He then writes Hobbit. JJP website is sold out. And I hear the license is running out. Used, in my area, a used one pops up every three to four months at about $9,000 Canadian, but it's sold within a few days. Some distributors seem to still have stock. I still see, go on eBay, I still see Wizard, I still see Hobbits for sale that seem like they're new. There are new in-box Hobbits for sale. There's definitely Black Arrow Hobbits out there. You just gotta look. Uh, dialed in, JJ's, JJP website says, only the LE model available for purchase. Used, they pop up every four to six months in my area. Pirates, sold out. Use non-existent. He just want to buy options. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't find a pirate right now. Wonka, shipping soon. All right, he says then, depending on how you navigate the JJP website, you either see these are all sold out up front or you'll see the price with a button to add to the cart. But as soon as you add the item, you are navigated to an out-of-stock page. Bottom line is off the JJP website, you have one machine dialed in LE that you can presently add to card and actually take ownership of today. Crazy. Well, Kyle, look, no, you're right. And I think this is a good way to end this podcast because we talked a lot about, you know, Jersey Jack and its issues. And, and it is nuts that they have all those titles that they've made over the years and you can't buy any from them, you know? And so it, it leads, you know, and then what happens is, is all the games are being bought secondhand, which JJP does not see a dime of that. Where at Stern Pinball, they continue to run popular titles for years. And they make money off of those games for years. But at Jersey Jack, it always seems like the windows in which they're actually making the money on the games are very small. The delays to production are very large. And you want and, and again, if you fall in love with a Jersey Jack, uh, you know, Jersey Jack machines in 2019, your options are very limited. If you want a new in-box Jersey Jack game, you have to then go look for used games. You then have to deal with like the headaches of shipping games and hoping it arrives the way, you know, you expect it to. You know, there's a reason why we love new in-boxes. It should seemingly be perfect out of the box. So will they turn it around? And I think we're seeing with Wonka, the struggles are still there. 
the the, the promises are, are are not met still. Uh, they just seem to have delays, and there seems to be pressure by the distributors, not by the distributors, by the investors, to to sort of keep these things going in ways that don't make sense to me. And I, I really do think, you know, in a dream world, in a dream world, Jersey Jack Pinball has Willy Wonka and Guns N' Roses on the line at the same time, sending out, you know, 50 to 100 games a week in which people are enjoying these games or even more games a week. And they and the games are popular. The people love them. They're not breaking down like Pirates is breaking down every day. And, and the games are just constantly going out the door. Orders are constantly coming in. I mean, I think that's what this company needs to aim for. I mean, Stern is at a larger capacity, but Jack's not Stern. He doesn't need to be Stern. He just needs to make you know a decent volume of these more premium pinball games and and take people's money. But you know, you, you bring up a great great point. He said even if you want to give Jack money, he's got nothing to sell you, Kyle. Um, everyone. This has been episode 360 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Thank you for being patient and waiting for me to return. Um, we're going to keep doing the show on a more consistent basis now. Uh, hopefully there's some new news soon, but we'll, we'll always make it entertaining and interesting. Uh, I appreciate it, and hopefully hopefully we'll see a new Stern machine soon, and hopefully we'll, we'll see a Willy Wonka go out by July 4th. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's not going to happen. Everyone have an awesome day. Later. And I